Hello everyone and welcome to The Red Corner, our first episode in ages. And today we're joined by myself, Max, Josh, Hello. Rex, Hello. and our Arsenal fan, writer, Oscar. Hello. The first thing we're going to be talking about is uh, Liverpool in general. You know, the Leicester game, mm, not great. We've got the Arsenal game coming up and then we'll be talking about managers like Klopp, Ranieri, Wenger, maybe a couple of others such as Poch and then the questions from our followers ourselves. First of all, the Liverpool game, Leicester. How bad was that? Oh boy. <laughs> I feel like the lead up to it, it was kind of like you, everyone just saw it coming and everyone was just jinxing themselves into it. I mean... Minule's comments, everyone's attitude on Twitter, the fact that everyone had 15 days off while well, at that training camp in Spain. just You just knew it was going to go wrong. I think everybody also expected Leicester's performance, um, except for anyone wearing red in yeah. that game. Um, everybody knew they'd want to fight because they were getting slammed in the press for, you know, let's call them snakes and whatever not playing for running area, whatever. So they were obviously going to come out and try, have a good go at Liverpool. You know, they needed to win. And mm. um, 11 players on that pitch didn't turn up for a game. And much. who's going to, who's to blame for that? I think the first person you look at is Klopp. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are some people you can't criticise Klopp or else you, you're not a true Liverpool fan. And there's some who want him gone. And, you know, it's a very, very strange thing. Say where we were last year. Yeah. Two seasons ago, after we lost 6 1 to Stoke, I'd rather be in fifth, a couple of points outside the top four with Jurgen Klopp, than that situation there. So that's what I think. When you see the team line up before and then you start to question yourself, where, where does that, like, who would you put the blame on there? Klopp. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd agree. I mean, don't get me wrong, I trust in him and I, I believe we're going to be so successful under him. But no manager's perfect. Every single manager mm-hmm. has its issues, and with him, it is stubbornness. But haven't you heard? It's it's FSG's fault that we're that we're not doing well right now. <laughs> oh God, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's all I'm gonna say. I'm just, I'm just gonna leave that there. I, I completely agree with you though. In the, the FSG thing, I don't think they've got anything <sighs> to do with. We, we've you know they, they, they've backed Klopp in the transfer market. Their biggest Klopp, mistake. Klopp would not sign a six-year contract if they weren't backing them in the transfer market. So. You know, I think that puts it to bed straight away. Well, we, yeah. we've, we've got a question later on but from one of our followers about Kronke and uh, FSG. We have. And I think that, that could be a good discussion. Uh, to Oscar, up, yeah. um, where do you see Liverpool finishing this season? Well, you'd asked me a couple of months ago, I would have been quite confident in you at least getting top four. Looking at it now, it's, it's looking a bit harder. I wasn't that surprised that you struggled when Manny was at AFCON and Coutinho was injured, but... I think I was expecting by now for you to have really sort of got back into the groove you were in from September to November. And I still I still do think you could go on a winning run with only Premier League fixtures coming up and with potentially less injuries and a more settled team. But to be honest, I, I, I was, I was, I'm slightly surprised that you're still struggling now, given that you have Coutinho back. Um, I know Henderson's injured but and Lofton, but... I think they're pretty much the only ones, aren't they, right now? I think Lovren's back for the weekend. Yeah. He was in training today. Yeah. So so Lovren's back. He's just Henderson, really. Mm. And he's he arguably... I don't like admitting it because I've criticised Henderson a lot this season because I think he's a little bit too safe for 
the role he plays in. Mm. There's a drastic difference when he plays and when he doesn't. I don't like admitting it, but there is. You know, there was no. He, he actually, as a captain, he calms everyone down. I think Milner has looked like a rabbit in the headlights recently at left back, and throwing him in against Leicester as captain, that's an added pressure, and I don't think he um, responded well enough. And I think that's another thing. The Milner experiment has has run its course and it ran its course a long time ago. I mean, Josh, you're you're an avid fan of having Moreno over him at the moment, right? I am. I am. Yeah, I've been since. I think Milner started struggling uh, just be- I think just before Christmas and at the beginning of December, the team's worked it out. It's the same thing with him. He gets forward, cuts it onto his right foot, plays a diagonal ball in field to- towards Firmino, and we build from there. They cut the passing option off very easily, teams, and he became. Com- I think he just became completely null and void as a left-back. And he looked at Moreno's performance. I, I-, I did an article, obviously, that was published earlier today, and I, I mentioned this, Moreno's performance against Crystal Palace was one of the best individual performances I've seen this season from anyone in defence is defending that actually made it good. He, we actually looked pretty dynamic going forwards. Um, his assist to Chan's goal was brilliant. You know, it was a volley cross that he hit mid-air. You know, it takes a bit of skill. And the two goals we can see in that game, I know we, can see we lost 4-2, 1-4-2, sorry, but Lovren, a decided to head it towards Carrius, but then headed it, you know, kind of over him, which was, I don't know what that was. And then, um, and then he missed the header at the near post. So two goals that weren't really Moreno's fault. And you could say maybe we should have closed down the cross, but he played really well in that game. We scored four goals, and arguably could have had six or seven. We attacked down that left hand side quite a lot in that game and created a lot of chances from it. So yeah, I would have, I'd have Moreno in the team over Milner, just give Milner a break. And I don't think either are long the long term option there for left back. And no. what what other like changes would you make with Liverpool? Like personally, I'd love to see a four four two diamond with our team. Like with, maybe mm-hmm. with Sturridge and Firmino together because I feel Firmino needs another striker. Firmino's so good at pulling another yeah, striker Firmino, out. Yeah, and then Firmino is fantastic. I'm sorry, he's fantastic. But he's not a striker. Right. Yep. And like, he's, honestly, his work rate is per. Honestly, if you're going to play with storage, maybe when they've got the ball, put Firmino in front of storage and press on the front. Storage dropping behind, and then when we've got the ball back, swap back over again. Maybe I don't know. I mean, yeah, but, I mean it's it's the fact that we, as I said, to, like Firmino's not really a striker. Um, and when you have Coutinho, there's chance he missed against Southampton. Yeah, exactly. Coutinho, he he's playing left wing for us, but he's not a traditional left winger. Of course, he's he's no. playing as a playmaker there. The only person helping Firmino is Mane, and when you're playing like the way we are now, we, you need both wingers to be. Scored. As you say, as you say, Coutinho. That's another reason why I have Moreno in. How many times do you see Coutinho drop into central midfield, and there's a massive gap on the left hand side that no one is running into mm-hmm. for an option? You know, Moreno could easily burst on. The passing risk is is unlikely to be lost because Coutinho's brilliant on the ball. You know. So, I would, yeah, that's another reason for Moreno. Exploit that gap that Coutinho leaves by cutting inside or don't cut inside and keep it pretty. But he's better when he cuts inside. So, you've got to use the, um, the skills of, you know, all your players. And I think those two would link up really well. And one, one question to all. Would you still say Liverpool are overachieving with that squad? I think we're on point. I think we're I think, on point. I think we're doing as well as we should. I think a lot of we're victims of our own success. Mm-hmm. season. I would say at least par, if not slightly overperforming. I think the whole season, the, the whole top six have been 
I'll say pretty good this season. I think yeah. if you look at where you if you had the same points last season, you would have been challenging for the league. I think Chelsea have set the bar so high. Yeah, yeah. And even even I mean, look at Manchester United. They haven't they've haven't lost in the league since October, and they're still sixth. I think it's there aren't many sides dropping points regularly this season. United are definitely one team which does scare me. United are, I think, one team that will finish above us just because they've got that know-how in their team and they've got a deep squad. One person get injured and someone can come in. Our first 11 is really really good, but our 18 is pretty poor. Yeah. You can't be relying on Ben Woodburn to come on at 3-1 against Leicester. No. Sorry, you can't. You know, that seems to be the way we're going. That's why I think a system change, if we went to 4-2-3-1 and played one of the strikers up front, you get that extra man in midfield on the bench. It's another option. Might not what people. I think the four three three was found out a long time before we actually started being poor. I think when we, when we played Stoke, I thought we were pretty poor. I know we won four one. You know when three people click up front, it papers over cracks in in defence. We were quite bad in that game. So I would change the system. I would change the personnel in certain areas I mean, and like, uh, that, I mean, see what we can do. This year is is reminding me of of more poor attacking 2013 season when we finished second. Our defence is just leaking and our, our midfield's currently nowhere. I, yeah, I think that the, the defence is the issue. Um, and actually, midfields is very soft. I mean, the, when, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the problem is when you raise the Henderson issue, at the moment, he has to be in our lineup. But I think the only reason for that is because he's our only that, that type of midfielder in our team. The only person who's closest to mm. what I he thought Emery Chan had a good game against Leicester, though. Yeah, but that's is probably one of his only good games in that position. Like, personally, like yeah. the, the only person who's like closest to it is Kevin Stewart, and he's poor. Kevin Stewart yeah. will won't be at Liverpool next season. No, I he, think. Won't be. he won't be. So uh-huh. I don't think you should even be thinking about him. But it, no. it, in like, terms of going forwards, it, it talks vol- uh, volumes when our next you know player who's like Henderson is Kevin Stewart. We need more depth in that. And we yeah. have been linked with, uh, who's, um, oh, I, I saw it the other day. It was uh, the Leipzig midfielder. Naby Keita. Yeah. Naby Keita. Yeah. He'd well, be. Also, there's some French reports that come out saying Monaco and PSG want him. So He'd be a great time. You know, he would be. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think he's not quite likes a physical player in that more defensive role. We had Bender at Dortmund. You know, he, he showed a preference for Chan and Henderson's six foot two, I think. Kate is five foot seven, and mm. quite nimble. Yeah, is like, not like Ronaldo skills. You know, I wouldn't. Trust, I don't think Klopp would trust Ronaldo at defensive midfield. So I don't think he particularly wants to go with Kater. I think he's more box to box. I think mm. Grujic could be the future defensive midfielder we need. That's a good shout. Yeah. If he can just work, if he just work on. Um, obviously, he's been injured for a long time. Got injured by Ronaldo in trailing. He could, if he just work on holding up his just. Being a bit more disciplined. The thing that annoys me is the amount of players that we're signing that are very offensive-minded in central midfield, and, and and we're trying to turn them into defensive midfielders. Yeah, just signed a defensive midfielder. It's just that <laughs> simple. We need someone I, to take a couple of players out of the game in midfield with one pass. Exactly. Because um, everything's very. A lot of people saying this. Um, Henderson's made the most passes in the league. He's made the most forward passes. If it goes a yard forwards, it's counted as forwards. <laughs> so, yeah. And he is the first midfielder in the team, so he's going to get most of the balls on the defence. So, I think it's a skewed stat. We don't see enough key passes from him. That, mm. And so some games when he tries too hard to do it, and some days where he doesn't do it at all, and you think, oh, just make mind up. 
bit of both. Come on. <laughs> Stats are so skewed nowadays. You know, we, when so, since Scorker's come about, you know, people use that their little stat, day, and it's just like the amount of United fans I see trying to say Paul Pogba's been the best in the league just because he's he's like done some sort of score. No, the comparison matrix, the best in the world. Right, the comparison matrix on the yeah on Scorker. That's the one. It's just another level. Right, so Liverpool face Arsenal at Anfield, 5.30, Saturday, 4th of March. How confident are you, Oscar, feeling for this one? Not confident at all, I think. Not at all. <laughs> that, that says a lot, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Arsenal fans are looking at us in the middle of a, what is a massive slump. We've won one in January and they're still worried. Yeah. they they Arsenal, I swear, it, I think the reason why... It's there's, almost there's like the opposite of you guys. Yeah, it, there's yeah. there's so much similarities with like slight differences between Liverpool and Arsenal that like our fans can relate, and it's kind of like a common depression. But I mean, obviously, Arsenal are definitely far better off than we are at the moment. But there is that that lack of mentality that Arsenal could really use at the moment. Like it's it's almost like Arsenal really psyched themselves out of winning. They they get really really close. And then, I don't know, it's just the, a loss. The mentality of their fans sometimes is they've lost before the game's even begun. I speak for most Arsenal fans when I say I expect us to probably lose on Saturday. I think you got the best record against the big six in the league season. We have, I think, the worst, maybe along with Tottenham. Uh, we struggle against pressing sides, or we have for a few years, and you're one of the best pressing sides in, the, in Europe, arguably. I mean, we haven't particularly been ourselves in 2017. Uh, the last proper competitive game we had was the five-one defeat against Bayern. I was going to say it's almost a meeting of two pessimistic fans, but yeah. I think because because of your record in the big games, I think you're probably expecting expecting a win on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, as, as we were saying earlier, we're more confident against teams such as Tottenham, Arsenal, than when we face the likes of Hull, Swansea, Leicester, and. It's it, it's a depressing thought, but it's 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 the reality now because when when teams sit back, they seem to beat yeah. us. I, 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 was, I was thinking about it um, during the game on Monday. We, what would you actually prefer as fans? Would you prefer to particularly lose when you play the, the big size, but never feel the disappointment of losing to a smaller side, or, or if do you, you beat, think the highs you... that you get from from beating the likes of Chelsea and well, if you win all, do, do you think that overrides the, games... the disappointments of? Losing to Harlan or Leicester. If you win most of the games against the lower teams and let's say win all your home games against the top six, you're probably going to win the league. Mm. But if you win all the games against the top six and then continuously disappoint against the, the poor, you won't. I would no. rather beat all the crap teams. Uh, yeah, lose Chelsea, Man United, Man City, win the odd game at home, but still finish in the top three yeah. at the end of the season. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll take um, defeats against the big team. Look, look at Chelsea almost... in, uh, in January. They, they, what big teams did they beat at that point? They lost to us, they lost to you, but they were still top by quite a margin because they beat every single small club. Spurs as well. Yeah, yeah. it's just. Yeah, they lost, they lost to the Androids as well. But I think we're the only team they haven't beaten this season. I'm, I, I'd much rather you know, but, have um, 15 teams to beat rather than five. But, I mean, I, I think overall, Liverpool's really walking into the game against Arsenal with. A definite win on their mind, but it's it's the fact that I, I guess the very next week they they feel like they can relax and take it easy against whoever you know we play next. I 
I'm not, I'm not sure who's next on the fixture list after Arsenal, but it, it's it's a very it's a very vicious cycle that's so repetitive it's it's nauseating because it's let's go out and beat Arsenal and then next week lose against Hull. We're gonna hate it. We've got after Arsenal. It's Burnley at home. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're two 0 Burnley right there. After a yeah, win against Arsenal. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's a, that's probably exactly what's gonna happen. And then it's Man and City and Everton. So. You know, we'll take three wins out of four, lose the game, yeah. win the <laughs> It's such a horrible cycle, but it's, 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 I it's don't know. The same order it was in the, on the opening day in the second game, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. You beat us on the opening day, then he lost a good early second match. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, if, well, I, I, personally, it's going to be a draw, 2 2. I, I honestly think, both teams go for it. I, I, I honestly can see like a 3 1 4 on Liverpool. I, I mean, can we deal with Sanchez and Ozil and you know against Lovren, Matip, it, it, I mean, it, it, it could be similar to the game we we played at the Emirates. I think it'll, it's going to yeah, be a matter yeah. of outscoring the opposition. Because I mean, yeah. I, I don't know about you, Austin, yeah. but for example, your left back, I've got Monreal. Monreal, that's the one. I think Moreno is at that. I was thinking Gibbs. Well, who, who would you <laughs> start? Well, well, Gibbs or it's sort of fifty-fifty between him and Gibbs, or with who's going. If I was an Arsenal fan, I would start. But Gibbs started in Bayern. I feel um, so. the Spanish man has just been really poor this season. I mean, he's restarted with guys who are quick and direct. And I mean, up against Mane on Saturday, that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I mean, we saw yeah. what happened last time. To be fair, that whole game was. We also the... had a Chambers holding centre back partnership that match. True. True. Yeah, and the, did you guys have? Um... Oh, what was it? Holding is that his name at center back? Yeah, yeah, Holding and Chambers. Oh man, what a poor, poor debut for that. Arsenal football club could have scored four against them too. <laughs> that was. Uh, let's be honest though, that was like the biggest example of just shit house football ever. It was just oh, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. It was, there well, we was zero defense. At yeah, time. so bad. Mm-hmm. And then we we somehow scored three in 15, 20 minutes. Well, I think and we decided no, we're not going to defend anymore. Um, if, exactly. if, if, if it wasn't for that Coutinho free kick just before half time, I reckon it would have been a different story. We'd have lost that game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'd have lost that game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was at the game. It was completely surreal just the way that it went from 1 0 up and we were sort of controlling solidly 4 1 in the 15 minutes into the second half. What I thought was interesting is that after we went 4 1 up, Arsenal had two shots in the whole game. And they scored them both. It's just our <laughs> mentality. Remember the, yeah, I mean, the whole minute thing? Didn't he like not save a shot on target for, oh my gosh, for yeah. you know four games? It's thinking, we, we defend really well. Mm. We defend really well up the pitch. Yeah, I mean that's the thing you talked about, sort of like sort of Urzon and Alexis up against Lovren. But yeah. if you press well, you can make it so that those guys don't really yeah, come we into need, play. We need to press them out really, of the know. game. I mean, because we just deal with the best terribly. I mean. When we went to Anfield last time, check to Giroud was our most common pass. And actually, I actually think there's an argument to start him again this weekend just to play long balls up to him. Mm-hmm. Our defenders don't like physicality. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you still conceding a lot of goals from crosses? Yeah. Long yeah. balls, crosses. Every we, we can see it everywhere. Counter attack. Counter attack is our problem. Okay, quick um, question. If you're a Klopp, would you start Karius or Minule? I feel like at this point, Karius has gone so long without a game. You have to keep Mignolet in, in, yeah. in between. If it was because, the first game of the season, I would go with Karius. But yeah, if it if if it was a, 
where Karius had maybe a string of appearances and like cup matches or whatever leading up to this game, yeah, I'd probably start him. He'd probably be warmed up and comfortable. But at the moment, Mignolet, I hate to admit, well, I mean, I don't hate to admit it. I love it when our players do well, uh, but he's he's doing quite well at the moment. It's it's usually, it's usually the people that are sat in front of him that are always... Is he? Um, I thought he should have done a lot better for Vardy's goal. Yeah, but I'd, I'd agree with Vardy's goal, but I, on the whole, with his, his several appearances these past few games, I think he's done he's done quite well. Uh, obviously, I think the Leicester game was just a massive collection of yeah, everyone. Sucks. Game, yeah. yeah, but I, I think <laughs> overall, Mignolet's done all right. I think I, his tendency to switch off at key moments can be crippling. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to use the Chelsea example because he wouldn't have saved it anyway. But it just says a lot that he wasn't paying attention. But he drops the ball a lot. Uh, mm. What I like about Karius is he doesn't bother catching it. He just punches it and gets it out. You know, he doesn't like catching the ball, Karius. He, he would much rather punch it away. And I think that's the sort of thing leading against Arsenal or a team that may, may you know, go long or get, be physical with you. It's just someone to get the ball away rather than trying to catch it and put yourself under pressure. But, you know, I, yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, momentum and, consistent, and you know just consistency in the team. Minilo is the 99% likely to start. The sad thing is, is when you've got a centre back partnership of Lucas and Lovren or whatever Lucas and or Lucas and anyone at, at, at this point, your keeper's going to be scared just because yeah. you don't know what they're going to do. Like Lucas against Leicester, that's one of the worst individual performances I've ever seen. But at the same time, I feel sorry for him because he's been put in there. It, that's Klopp's I put no blame on him whatsoever. I don't. He should have been sold in the summer. Yeah, he should I, be here. It's not I'm going to interject there real quick because the, you know, feeling bad for Lucas after his little outburst on Twitter, I say fuck that. The dude took the, his opportunity to glow off of one good game that he's had. What sixteen appearances? He's I mean, it's the best, mate. Yeah, oh. two good games and sixteen appearances. Oh, what just, a just, what I a, put that in there because what what a way to pay. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, don't even get me started. Plymouth matches. What an embarrassing display we'll, we'll by that. We'll all that. the experienced players. Quote in quotations there, but I mean, Lucas is on eighty k a week, and it, in my opinion, he should have been sold years ago. But the fact that you know he had he had one great game. Uh, and his first thing to do is, is search his name on Twitter and uh, talk shit to to the own fan, you know, to our own fans. Nah, see you later, man. Like one key reason why he's still here and hasn't been sold is that this team has not won anything in the sure. team. Milner's won Premier League, and then he's struggling to find anybody who's won a major trophy. Lucas I, hasn't won a major trophy, but he's been here when we have won a trophy. <laughs> a trophy. I think, I think the real thing that that. The only reason why he's real here is seniority. I mean, yeah. there is there is no experienced players in the squad, and, and and the few experienced players we do have are quite frankly shit, um, if not average on their best day. I think Milner being so, doing so well at left back was a complete fluke, to be quite honest. Um, and his his offensive stats kind of reflect that. Uh, his defensive stats have done well. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, it's as you said earlier, it's it's been found out and it, it needs to be he needs to be shifted back into midfield or just not playing at all. To be I, honest, I'd I, rather see Moreno. I think with Milner, it, I don't think it was the fact that it was a fluke. It's just because we haven't seen a left back defend in such a long time that when we see someone defend, we're like, 
he's he's so good. But <laughs> it's, 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 it's but like uh, Josh said, it was that Christmas period where you, you could now then clearly see he's not fit for that position, like at all. Mm. And every game he plays, he struggles. I remember it's against the Southampton game. That's when I really noticed it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was the away one. He, that was one that was such a bad performance. Awful. At some point, you have to put Mor- like Moreno back in because it's harming our yeah. top four. I want to bring I want to bring bring Oscar into this. Okay, if you were in the middle, if you had a bad start to the season, Monreal wasn't playing so well, and then Wenger decided to put Cochrane at left back, and you did well, and then everything started going wrong. You know, would you be wanting Monreal back in the team? Another, you, you, you players, you know, round pegs in round holes. Well, I'll, I'll probably be happy that Crocodile's out of the midfield, to be honest. But did you want <laughs> it? Yeah, it's a. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to be confident because I don't, I don't feel like I've, I, I've watched Milner's performances closely enough to see them to really be able to comment. But, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I certainly see the argument for being back in Milner. And, and also, I, I was wondering, um, do you think that Milner could? Could also be a, a contributor in the midfield again, especially no. while Henderson's up. Or no, no, no. I oh, don't think. Really? I, I didn't. I didn't see. Honestly, even though he had such a great season um, on paper, um, what was it? Two seasons ago, or the last, last season? Year. I, I really spent most of the game questioning what the hell he was doing, and then he put in like an amazing cross for an assist, and it was just like, okay, why did you play? ass for like 65 minutes and then it's like a completely different player for about 10 15 and and then it was right back to crap it was like all right i'm here to show up for this small portion kind of i mean that, that kind of is how coutinho and firmino have been playing lately they've been completely non-existent for most of the game and then at random it's like something sparks and they're like oh I know how to football and then they they score or get a get a great assist and then it's straight back to i don't know whatever the hell they're doing but the problem is none of our midfielders currently have that little spark in them at the moment it's just yeah. a full 90 minutes them going ah we're not going to do anything here he could he could do well in a three actually milner because he's got someone behind him in a two with chan last season it looked a bit out of his depth when henderson got it- injured well, yeah, he could well do it in a three. Here's a wild card thing, though. I don't think he'll be here next season. Nah. I, think I think he'll be gone in the summer. Really? I, yeah, I think so, too. I, I think he might stay, but just as a squad player. I, Does he want to be well, a squad he's player? Isn't he on 150k a week or something close to that? Yeah, I think it was like 120. Yeah, he's one of the oh, top earners, top five earners. God. I mean, I think like, he's one of the top earners, and he's, yeah. he's a sort of utility player and a backup. He, what, player, backup I, think, I think he was the second top earner until Coutinho got his... Uh, I was about to say, yeah, that, that must be true then. That's depressing. I think I think Sturridge was... I think Sturridge yes. was the top earner. Sturridge, Sturridge was then. top because he was rewarded <laughs> with that contract. Then it was Milner after him. I think he's third. I think he's third, third highest player at Liverpool with oh, Milana wow. just behind now. God. I think Sturridge will be off. Oh, I don't want him to. I rate him. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope not. He's got, he's got three months to prove himself. But no. Sturridge... He, he hasn't got a choice to prove himself at the moment. No. That's the no, absolutely not. Here's, here's exactly what happens with Sturridge. He, uh, he gets to sit on the bench, uh, and then uh, he gets about, what, three to nine minutes of playing time uh, when we're losing. That's because Klopp uh, won't change the bloody team quick enough. Oh, no, yeah. Klopp, Klopp can't make a substitution within 60 minutes to save his life. Uh, um, but Sturridge will come on with, like, 
10 minutes max to play. He's expected to make an instant impact. He gets maybe a handful of chances uh, while cold. And so he's, you know, obviously going to mess up maybe one or two. And then everyone, you know, slaps their head and they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, Serge. Uh, no wonder you're not in the starting 11. And, you know, it's like, okay, this is a guy that on his days is unstoppable, but he hasn't played in weeks. Uh, he's been healthy. He's just been on the bench. And when he does play, he plays for very, very few minutes on end. And he's, an, the system... he's another one that's out of the Arsenal game as well with his yeah, um, it... virus, mm. mystery virus that he's got. I, something I remembered the other day, I checked back on it. He played when we beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And everyone says he doesn't perform against the big teams. We don't do well. He started up front against Chelsea, Stamford Bridge, where we won 2 1. So I don't completely believe the fact we're not good when we play. So he did well against Tottenham in the League Cup as well. Yeah. He deserves. Give him three games. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I'd love Sturridge. Three games is all he'll need. To have a run of games. That's it. And um, imagine Sturridge missed the chances Firmino has been missing this year. He'd get annihilated. Oh. It's not even just missing it's such as, uh, missing chances. It's his first touch. We know his first touch was garbage against Leicester. If he put in the performance that Firmino did against Leicester, we'd be demanded he'd be transfer listed straight yeah. after the game. He's just become the scapegoat, really. The thing is, Liverpool fans have a really terrible habit <laughs> of developing these these scapegoats, and I mean, it's it's not slight biases or. Or a uh, typical so and so. It's it's very very vicious. It is uh, really yeah. Very very toxic. You know opposition for our own players or owners or manager. I mean it's like Liverpool fans have this this really dangerous tendency to just absolutely go after yeah. someone who's there's, not at there's, fault. There's one other club in the Premier League that at least matches that. And we're playing them on Saturday. I'll <laughs> be worst for it. Ozil and Wenger are the two that get harpooned by Arsenal fans. Arsenal fan TV. I wouldn't it's even not... just them. You know, <laughs> Wait, can, can I, I think they're actually cameras. put up amongst the top, actually, I think. I mean, certainly not among some of the more sophisticated fans. I think probably Giroud, Ramsey and Coquelin are probably received the most. Obviously, follow the basic. Urzel uh, maybe more from sort out. Urzel maybe more from sort of mainstream media and yeah, maybe yeah. non-Arsenal fans a bit more. I think. I think his work, Urzel's work rate is the only thing that lets him down. I think, other than that, he's a, a genuinely world-class player. Um, with the whole Arsenal fan TV, there's been massive fiasco recently, hasn't there? With the whole Gary Neville incident. How do you, <laughs> how, how do Arsenal fans actually view Arsenal fan TV? Most I talk to, I mean, we're not really a fan of it. I mean, I, I think it's become something that's more watched and enjoyed by rival fans more than Arsenal fans, I think. Yeah. Especially with that they get people on who have the most dramatic and controversial opinions. And it's just become a, a way for people to sort of pile in the misery of Arsenal when they have a bad result rather than a place where people look for insightful opinions by fans. I think I think the intentions are probably quite good, but it's just become a the complete rabble that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't do the club any good. I don't think. I think if they were serious, like properly being serious, they wouldn't put upload half the stuff that they, they do upload. They do a lot of it because they get they... they put ads on their YouTube videos that gets yeah them a lot they wouldn't money. get any views. It's the only reason they do it. But yeah. I have I have watched them before when they've actually the more demonstrative ones have actually made some very good points. And I do agree with some of them. You know, they've 
they pay a lot of money to go and watch Arsenal do the same thing for the last six, seven years, which is which is look good, wobble, collapse, finish strong. And you think, why can't you finish to play the same the whole season? And I'd hate to be watched being knocked out by Bayern Munich in the Champions League every year in the, in the same stage. You know, I know it's not their fault, but they are the sort of team that will lose the first leg 5-1 and win the second 3-0. And it really is. I can, if, if even for me, I'm not an Arsenal fan. It's really frustrating. To see it, watch it. They can do so much better with that team. They lost the league last season in the only year when they should have walked it, when they didn't. They yeah. sort of didn't take advantage of Leicester being up there. They should be at least matching Leicester. Everyone should have been at least matching Leicester. Everyone failed last season. But I, you know, difficult. I one. tweeted. I tweeted out um, an opinion about the league. I think it was about just about Christmas time last year that Leicester were going to win it. And it was purely because they're the only team that had consistency last season. I think last season was the poorest I've ever seen the Premier League. And all it took was just a team saying, or or like having their shit together and playing consistently every week. And that's exactly what Leicester did. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit what Leicester did or what Ranieri did, but I mean, that's, that's, that was probably the prime season for the likes of Arsenal or Liverpool to try and go or, or Tottenham to, to go out and win it. Is, don't you realise the thing, the thing I've, I've literally just thought about it is that every big club barring Tottenham went into the season with questions over the manager. Pellegrini with, with Guardiola. I think Mourinho was immune to it at first, but then he had the bad start. Rodgers with Liverpool and um, Manchester United Van Gaal. Those three teams had a lot of speculation about is the, is the manager going to be in place yeah. at the, the start is, of the yeah. season? The thing is, most and teams it, were in transition. Liverpool, Liverpool summer was ruined by that, I think. Because nobody knew with Rodgers, I think, I think personally, I've got a feeling that Klopp said when we lost to Stoke and everything, he said, I'm not ready yet, but I will be soon. And they were just keeping the seat warm. That's what yeah. I, I think was happening with Rodgers because... It's very strange that as soon as Rogers was sacked, Klopp was, you know, his name was mentioned on the day after he was yeah. sacked. It was too do you, quick. Do you think if Klopp had been appointed in May of 2015 that you would have had a decent chance of winning the league last season? 100%. Or do you think it would have been too soon in the development? We'd be, we'd be better off than eighth place, but we probably would have been knocked out of both of the cup finals that we reached earlier uh, on. Yeah. I feel like I feel like had Rogers been sacked sooner and they had given Klopp that summer to kind of get a feel for the team and maybe make some much needed transfers, um, things would have looked a lot a lot better. Uh, I think the, the reason we didn't hire Klopp is why we're struggling now. He, I think, you know, he's quite a he's quite he's a he's a manager that is quite he feels he believes in giving players his chance, and I don't think he thought it, it was fair in getting rid of a lot of the players when he hadn't given them for one of his famous pre-seasons to, sh- to prove himself. Mm-hmm. I think this was the season, instead of last season, last eight months, last season, I think this was the season where, you know, you either make the great or you don't. Liverpool fans don't like it because it doesn't look like we're moving anywhere. We are, but it doesn't look like it. I think this is the summer when I don't want there to be too much turmoil, but I think there will be. And I think there'll be a big turnover. I don't think we should, I don't think we need to sell loads of players. I know you disagree, Rex. I think you think there should be quite a lot that go. I think we need a big, a stronger squad. So I don't think we should sell too many. I think some do need mm. to go. But we will buy, I think, seven or eight players next in the summer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I mean, 
if, if you look at the list I posted, I mean, it was it was purely a list of who can we live without realistically? Who who would make the grade in a top six team trying to compete for not only Champions League placing but for a, a chance at the title? And a lot of the the 26 players I posted were in the academy uh, in the under 23s at the moment who have been there for ages and it's very clear that you know they're in their early 20s and they've never touched or uh, experienced senior football and keeping them is just doing us no good all we're doing is offering new contracts to them for new you know for more money every year just so they can continue to play at the same level they're always going to play at um, and I feel like the thing that Liverpool don't do very well is loaning or selling uh, younger players, you know, at their at their greatest potential for you know the greatest amount of income. Um, whether that be loaning them out to like a champion side or a Dutch side, mm-hmm. uh, where they can you know find their find their feet, or just straight up selling them, you know, while the hype is strong. I mean, we we have the best look at them and we know what they're you know what they seem to be capable of we're the ones with the with the best judgment you know of of how high they can reach and if you if you look at a lot of those players i listed i mean sam hart is a great example sam hart is an excellent left back uh for for his uh talent i think he's he's very early 20s he's been with liverpool for for years um and last season was easily his best um at the club and i mean he was at left back he was he was unreal and we let him go on a free and then we didn't replace him whatsoever and then we re-signed him um on a like one year contract and then we loaned him out again and it was just like what was the point i mean just let the kid move on with his life or i don't know sell him but i i I think our loaning out is actually getting a, a bit smarter. Something that has flown under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Two clubs, two clubs that we've 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 started to loan players to. We've got Cameron Brannigan at Fleetwood, mm. and we've got um, Tyro Awonii. I can't pronounce it because I'm rubbish. Oh my gosh! Those two, a Fleetwood manager, Rosler, his managerial idol. Guess who it is? Klopp. In terms of style of play, mm. uh, Neiman, NEC Neiman's manager has another favourite manager that he likes to live up to, and it's Jurgen Klopp. They are trying to loan players to clubs that are trying to play in a very similar system and style to how we want to. And I right. think that's that's quite smart. That's something we never did before. It was all about first-team football. Yeah. Plus, we're also fining teams if they don't play our players for 75% of I think it is. Mm. Starting 75% of games are available. You get fined if they don't, if they don't play them. I think Wigan and Brannigan have that issue. Or someone had a issue. I can't remember who it was. Ojo Wolves, I think it was. Yeah, it was Ojo. And uh, yeah. Drum. I think it's, yeah. it's it's getting smarter. It's going to take and a drums. while. Yeah, and I think we'll have when when we merge the academy and the first team at Kirkby. I think we'll have a much clearer a clearer transition from other twenty three football to first team football. Uh, what um what I was going to quickly ask is what about Arsenal because um they've always been hyped up you know with the whole king of academy, king of youngsters. Have, have they still been living up to that expectation? Because I, like, when it comes to the, you know, Premier League 2 table, etc., they haven't been doing the best from what I've seen. See, I will be is sick. I will be is good. Yeah, I mean, we, we've actually had our, one of our best on 21 seasons for a while. I mean, we got promoted last season. Hmm. And I think we're about mid-table this year in the first division. 
I mean, it's, it's interesting because we don't, I wouldn't say it's been great, but we still, we've, we've brought Bellerin through, Iwobi through. Um, Gadabri was unfortunately sold to Werder Bremen in the summer, but he's, I think he's scored about 10 goals in the Bundesliga this season. Mm. So I, I wouldn't say our production line has been maybe as good as we, we would have hoped, or maybe it was a few years ago, but I think we're still churning out players that are first-team regulars. So. Just one quick question, just to finish the whole preview of that. Quick Arsenal prediction scoreline. Uh, we'll start with Oscar. 3-1 uh, Liverpool. Yeah. Rex? I'm going frustrating 1-0 win. Josh? I think it's going to be 2-2, but I think we'll have to come from behind twice. Ooh. I'm, I'm going for I think Lovren's going to come up big in the last minute with a header from a corner <laughs> prove all the doubt as well and come through the smoke Dortmund mm. 2.0 you scored uh, Alla Everton you scored 90th minute equalisers in this fixture against us twice in a row we destabilised yeah. Arsenal's title bid last season yeah Joe yeah, yeah, Joe Allen was a goal table last season we, oh Joe Allen <laughs> what a legend that's another player we shouldn't have, shouldn't have got rid of well to my understanding... Come on, uh, let Matt get his prediction in first. Then we can talk about it. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Come, sorry. On. <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going 4-1. 4-1 Liverpool. Oh, God. It's <laughs> <laughs> too optimistic. That's too ambitious. Optimistic, Matt. <laughs> I was just going to say be true. In regards to uh, Joe Allen, one of my friends is an agent. And uh, to my understanding, Joe Allen just was sick of life at Liverpool. Didn't want to be there whatsoever. Didn't care. They did a great season. And he just wanted out. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't blame him whatsoever. I think he left with he at Stoke. the right time. Yeah. In terms of his... Yeah, he went to Stoke. But yeah, I think he he left at the right time in terms of his popularity with the fans. It could have, it could have only yeah. got worse. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's done well at Stoke. Yeah. And I, I hope he does well in the future. Poor guy, be, though. I wouldn't be mad at him. Poor guy. He, he goes, oh, I hate this club. And then he ends up in Stoke. You know, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 I don't want to be here. To be fair, Mark, Mark Hughes isn't doing a terrible job. That's true. I mean, he's... Uh, so he's Mr. Steady, though, isn't he? Doesn't yeah. really go anywhere. Top no. nine. He's he's, he, he's done a good job, so. but he hates technical footballers. Like he, he wants to get you know Imbula and and I think Boyan out as well. It's like really yeah. good for someone Bojan's like gone. Stoke. You know. Oh yeah, Boyan's gone already. Yeah. yeah. It was another player. I can't remember which yeah. one it was. But still, Imbula. I I rate him for a it's... side like Stoke. So he was the one who wanted signing for eighteen million, and now he's. Uh... There's one Stoke fan I follow on Twitter and he absolutely despises Hughes and wants him out straight away. Is that really? Harry? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Charlie Adam instead. I, just think, I think Stoke Adam. need a manager that will take us to the next level. Yeah. That, uh, Charlie Adam is one of my least favourite footballers. Mate, we don't worry. He's probably, probably one of our three's least favourite footballers as well. We actually got to God, you paid so much money team. for him as well, didn't you? Seven million. It was, it was, uh, it was all right at the time, but... But it, it's, it's the fact that at that point we, we signed Stuart Downing, Charlie Adam, and you just look back and go, we could have done so much better with that money. We signed mid-table players. Yeah. What, what, what is that going to make you? It's going to make you exactly, a yeah. pretty shoddy mid-table team. And we look very stale under Dalgleish. Yeah. I thought Downing was mm-hmm. immense under Rodgers. Yeah. It was brilliant. Do, do, do you remember Downing's uh, first wing game back. <laughs> for uh, Liverpool when he hit the crossbar? If only oh, that would have gone in. I still think if that went in, different type of career. But still. See, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw some lines here. Oh boy. All right, I'm gonna have to say this. I think Lalana and Downing are pretty much the same person. They, the only difference is Lalana's just had an out of nowhere fantastic like what six yeah. months. 
Yeah. And now and now he's right back to being in an absolutely invisible player. I tweeted like, on, on the fans' corner account the other day. That I'm, you'll be surprised who is key this season, but isn't yeah. next season. And that was who I was talking about. Adam. Yeah. Lillard. I, I just, don't, think he'll, no, I don't even think every game. Yeah, I don't even think he'll he'll be anywhere near to what he was performing six, you know, a few months ago. By the end of the season, he's yeah, he doesn't have that mentality. He's, he's a constant player. player when, you, when you're winning a game, and you need yeah. some intensity to hold it up. He's a person I would always have on the bench, but I would never rely on. He he has a guy that I would bring on to kill off a I game. Can't even rely on him now. No. Beat teams like Hull. And I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm known for having a, a bit of a brutal opinion, but I mean I I just I want the best for Liverpool. Also, and, if you, you know. if anyone who's listening, if you want to think about what we think about um, what should happen in the summer, go on the fans call website for Liverpool. There's an article on there that you should all read because it's really good. Cheeky just little plug. Cheeky plug. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that bit out. <laughs> no, mate. I'm going straight in. Should we move on to the manager? Yeah. Talk. I mean, we spoke about Klopp. Oh, this is where Max loves it. Gets to, gets to tell everyone how much he hates Claudio Ranieri. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'm going to love this. Honest, I, I still think it was the right decision. So it's harsh. and so do I. But it's yeah. not... Football's not about, you know, love, compassion. It's a good story. Yeah. It's, it's not about that anymore. If It's a disgrace to go from winning the league to being one point off relegation. Whatever it, team it you are. Hadn't, if Leicester hadn't gone on a run of winning two since October of 2016, that's what? Four in two wins, he'd have kept his job. They hadn't I, scored in 2017. They weren't going anywhere. It's not like they were on the way up and they after a slump. They were getting worse. The thing that I have to bring up is Leicester, I feel like their players were just so full of themselves. And I mean, Danny Simpson's oh, uh, Twitter gosh. recently has just <laughs> put that to the T. I care about Bellew and Hay. Carragher on Saturday. Yeah. Oh my God. So I, I honestly, I'm sorry. I, I have to disagree with Max purely because I feel like the players, their isn't, their sorry, egos got the best of them. Isn't that Ranieri's job though to stop that from happening? Exactly. I've, I feel like, like he did. Grounded. But the thing is, like you have you have hard headed people like Vardy and Kick Simpson. And, yeah. He lost the job. They, he was too loyal. They should. Yeah. They should have been sold. Old, and they should have been upgraded upon. I don't in, in, selling them, but yeah. Well, I mean, they should have been up, upgraded upon. Upgraded our the thing is, you, you, yeah. you look at that game against um, us, and that is exactly why Ranieri should have been sacked because he did lose the dressing room, and that might be the the players' fault. But you can't sack all the players. You have to. It, it, it's, it's a lot easier to sack one person than sacking the whole team. And at that point, you well, had to there was, there was a rumor. Yeah. Oh, I completely with that actually. Yeah, there was a rumor that he fell out with Craig Shakespeare, and it says a lot. They would rather keep Shakespeare than Ranieri. Yeah, you know? I, it's, I just Shakespeare feel has like... been there since Pearson took over. So I think they obviously believed that it, that Ranieri was the problem. You can't persuade the owners otherwise. If they made a decision, they made a decision, and it looks like straight away they benefited from it. We saw how Hull and Swansea had a new manager bounce. Leicester have got Hull. On Saturday, I think the owners were looking at that game rather than the Liverpool one. Liverpool one, if they won, it was a bonus. But I think oh, they I... were thinking we have to beat Hull. Yeah, and... I think Hull's going to give them a game. I think. And Hull's I think, gonna... yeah, they probably will. It'll probably be a draw that one. But I think Leicester's performance against Liverpool was 38 games of Leicester last season in one game. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's that line was kind of last season. And they didn't even have Kante. Yeah, that, that, they didn't really Kante to beat Liverpool. 
I, on, le, that game against Leicester, well, I've seen Liverpool getting out strength, and they said, but that was the game which yeah. we got out strength every single, every single one, and that's because that Leicester see, team had well, heart. That game, we yeah. didn't. Ronaldo came out after the game and said, "Ever since since that tackle that Vardy made on Mane, we knew it was going to be a bad game, a tough yeah. game, but it didn't look like they knew because they kept playing. Yeah, like Leicester were going to sit back and defend. We we, we want teams to sit back. This is really strange." Tactically, we want them to sit back because obviously we have more domination of the ball. But a, we can't do anything with it. And b, when teams come at us, sometimes and they're very physical. There's a difference between playing against you and being physical against you. Mm. When a team is physical with with us, we are fragile and weak. And we just we can't cope. It's because none of our players, in my opinion, have have that that maturity, that leadership, or the winning mentality to last longer than 10 15 minutes of a of a difficult game you know without a goal happening you know for them to actually mentally stay in it uh if if we score a goal early on or we can you know we'll we'll be absolutely flying and the confidence will be where it needs to be most of the game but if we concede early it's it's or, or if we don't um you know score early it, it's it's a complete meltdown mentally. It's it's like they're they mentally give up and they're like, oh, these guys are just parking the bus, and you know every cross I attempt is instantly going to get blocked or passed or whatever. It's going to be intercepted. It's 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 a terrible, terrible mentality that that is very infectious in our team, and it needs to be fixed because it it, it it tends to happen every game. I've never known a team that's been so psyched for a big game and then just crumble. It's small. Normally, you should be going out and saying, oh, I'm going to beat these, going to beat these, go in, and then maybe feel a little bit, oh, my God, we might not beat the big teams. Yeah. We're just brilliant against the big teams. We just can't seem to do anything against the small ones. Well, I was just going to say, and and you really have to kind of lay blame on, on our supposed captains. I I'm, I, I don't want to sound like a dick towards Henderson because I absolutely love the guy, but I just, I'm, I've yet to see the captain material. I, I totally see him as a vice captain. Him and, and Joel... Uh, Matt Tip as vice captains is is perfect in my opinion. I still feel like we're lacking a true captain in the team to really drive and be the voice of of the team. I mean, Arsenal have a similar problem, really, don't they? They, I mean, from what I've seen anyway, they they don't really have true leadership in that team. Yeah, but I mean, that's a, a common complaint. I have to admit, I'm a little bit more skeptical of its importance than a yeah. lot of people. I yeah. think there's. I think, Wait. I mean, for example, with Liverpool, I think there's a big tactical thing, which is that when you play Tottenham, they wanted to have the ball. You were able to create turnovers in the final third and counter attacks. Against Leicester, you can do that. And you actually almost played into their hands in allowing Vardy space to run in behind and, and that kind of thing. I think it's almost the same with Arsenal. Again, like we don't do well against pressing teams, which most of the big sides do and a lot of the small sides don't do. Um, hmm. Would you call that complacency or...? I wouldn't say it's, it's complacency. I, I, I just think I don't think Wenger's very good at coaching a side to deal with that kind of thing. I'm not sure he, he sort of. I'm not sure he plans meticulously enough in which terms of for individual opponents. Which season was it when Arsenal had a really good result? The Etihad and they won, and everyone was thinking. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah. Everyone done. thought. Everyone thought he turned a corner in terms of. Because normally, you, I think you lot go into a game playing the same sort of thing. You try, you go at a team, but that was a game where defensively you were quite mature and actually did really well. And I mean, I mean, that's the, that's the funny thing is that we do actually, 
we, we we become a lot more pragmatic when it comes to these games, and we try and in a lot of the, a lot of the big away games, he then tries to get the team to sit back and counter attack. He did it yeah. at the Etihad. We also did it at the Allianz. But the trouble is, we're not actually particularly good at uh, sitting in the deep block. And in both those games, we just got overwhelmed by they had all the ball, all the attacks, and yeah. I think we were never really good at defending in a low block, but then. We, I think, was it Man City last season where we won three nil? Didn't you go to that game, Max? Yeah, I, yeah, I went to that game. Yeah, well, three nil. I think that was our best performance under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. In mm. terms, of, it was the most complete performance because we defended so well deep. Manchester United at Old Trafford this season where we defended so deep for thirty minutes and we conceded because got a bit unlucky with the I, I think so, I would yeah, like to see just play like that a bit more yeah. against the smaller teams. Which, just um, draw them out a bit. Speaking of Wenger. Are you Wenger out in Shake It All About? What are you? Um, it's, it's, it's really tough, actually. I mean, uh, I think if we can get a, a good replacement, I think I think it is worth doing that this summer. Because, I mean, I mean, he's not going to be, even if he extends it, he's not going to be around for much more than yeah. two or three years anyway. And I think, I do think we have quite a good squad at the moment. I think that maybe. I might change if the likes of Alexis leave in the summer, but I do think we've got a pretty strong squad, and I think we can. I think this is probably a, a decent time to try and get a transition. I think there's only one manager you could hire that will probably keep Sanchez at, um, at Arsenal. That's probably Sam Paoli. <laughs> With him obviously managing him at Chile, well, yeah. he's got a really well, good like, yeah, record. I think I think he'll be the only manager will keep him there. I don't see me only would. I don't. I think if you're willing to sacrifice. Sanchez, there's a lot of managers you go for, but if you want to keep Sanchez, mm. there's only one. I think, I think personally, I, I think that it's more towards if you want to sacrifice Urzel than Sanchez. To be honest, I I would rather I would rather keep Sanchez in my oh, team. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, than, so, than so But I think if Urzel, a manager comes in, I I think it, I think Sanchez still Urzel will stay. Wants, it's more whether Urzel will stay or not. Well, didn't Urzel say he only wants to stay with if Enger stays yeah, or something exactly, like that? Yeah. He, he didn't quite say that. He said that he that he wanted to sort of find out who. Oh, what right. the managerial yeah. situation was before making a, d- a decision on it all. Yeah. Who's a um, good manager for you then, Oscar, in terms uh, of if you were to make a change, who would you actually want to come in if you were going to make that change? Probably someone like Allegri or Thomas Tuchel, maybe. Well, Tuchel wants someone like Jardine. So he'll be available, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if we could if, if we could get Tuchel in and someone, I would do that 100%. I'd be yeah. I, I'm really scared for, for Arsenal fans or whatever. If, if Allegri comes in, I really don't rate him as a manager. I don't know. He won. Really? He, he's he's done a lot. I mean, he, I know. he's done a lot, but he ruined AC Milan. He fought. Oh, I don't think he. Really, I think really Berlusconi ruined AC Milan. Well, <laughs> in a way, but Allegri won did. the league with them. Then he sold all his best players. And the they thing is, he, he, he I think they finished third in this last season. Yeah, but he never. And, and they've been sort of constantly plan. seventh and everything behind him. He, I think they do well under Allegri. I don't know. I've, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I think Allegri best do well because I've got a bet on them to win the Champions League at 16. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people say that he he's, well. he's only done well with Conte's team in the champion in with Juventus, but Conte went out in the group stages in this last year at Juventus, and Allegri yeah. got to the Champions League final the next so season. He's playing a different season. Did very well. Did, yeah, exactly. Did very well against Bayern last year and was unlucky to go out. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he's played different systems. Not just three at the back. He plays a diamond four, in their two, three, Yeah, they're playing four-two-three-one at the moment. Let's get the best out of Dybala, who's playing in that hole at the just behind Higuain. Those two are linking up really well. 
So yeah, that's probably I, the thing I like the most about him is that he's very tactically versatile. Yeah, he will get you a result. But I mean, it's a big problem at Stamford Bridge, that sort of thing. I think you would, you'd only lose about five games. I think under Allegri when it's about yeah. nine with Wenger, you know, you're gonna, you want to get those games down that you lose. I think mm. you'd get that with Allegri. I think Tuchel is one of those ones that it will take time. You either win or you'll win or you'll win or lose. You don't want to draw. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Quite open. He's drawn a lot of games this season. Yeah, but it seems they really shouldn't be drawing games as well. I think he's been very disappointing. Yeah. There's been a lot of things going on behind the scenes at Dortmund that is very. I mean, they lost three players in the summer. And... Yeah, they're signing players behind Tuchel's back as well. That he's not getting any saves. Uh, but... I think that's a little bit overstated. I mean, a lot of those. I mean, because the way their system operates is that the manager isn't the sort of main voice yeah. on transfers. And, and a lot of the signings. I mean, uh, what's the name of the? The young striker they brought in in January. I mean, there was talk about that that Tuchel didn't, but didn't want him. But I think he has the power to veto transfers. If he really didn't want, I don't see why he wouldn't want the guy. If he really yeah. didn't want to, yeah, he could. You know, they're, they're signing players like Dembele. I don't see why Tuchel wouldn't want that. No, that was that. That is one of the signings of the season. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. just. I think they got him for about fifteen million or yeah. something. Not just this yeah. season though. He's 19, 18. They've got him. Yeah, I mean, probably for ten years if they keep if they perform well. Yeah, also them to Barcelona. Yeah, it disappointed me when the quotes came out yesterday from Dembele that he did actually reject Liverpool. I thought that might have just been a smokescreen last season, like in the summer. That we did try and sign someone. See, I just when it comes to what things that Klopp says, uh, one very few managers in all of sports where I would take his word as golden truth. Because he he's not the type of guy that would lie. He doesn't have that like character about him to bullshit to the press, to bullshit to the fans. He's gonna he's just gonna lay it out there and be like, look, this is how it is. I mean, you know, I did this and this is how it how it happened, and you know, we'll just move forward. And he's he's not the kind of guy that would rest on his laurels to um, to lie. And I mean, when the when the guy says we tried for Pulisic, we tried for. Um, you know, Dembele and, and, you know, the thing, the, the clubs didn't want to sell and the players didn't want to leave. And so we moved on. I instantly believe them, but I mean, it's like 80, 85% of the rest of Liverpool fans on Twitter were like, ah, oh, no, it's the FSG's fault. They wouldn't pay enough. Uh, they wouldn't offer enough wages, you know? Oh, you just, you just got to throw enough money at, at the player and, or at the club. And, you know, it, 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 it'll all work out, you know, and as clearly stated by the likes of Pulisic and, and Dembele in the recent comments, it's, it's not all about the money. I mean, people do have, you know, morals and ethics and kind of, you know, want to play They're for really successful dream. clubs. Yeah. Footballing career in, on their minds. And well, yeah, great. We, exactly. Dortmund's probably the better one. I, last summer I'd have joined, I'd have probably joined Dortmund over Liverpool. Oh, absolutely. Why, but they're, they're, they're in the Champions League. They've got a great structure. Liverpool are building the structure. But it's not there yet. You can't just, you know, go on. Oh, they've got Jurgen Klopp. It's worked before. It might work again. Well, we'd... if if I was a young player right now, yeah. But in Dortmund... ten years' time, I would choose Liverpool over Dortmund if if Klopp can rep- replicate the structural change at Liverpool that he did. Yeah. Well, guess, guess what Dortmund did in 2009 when Klopp was there? They merged their academy and their training centre together. So he's he's done it before, and it's what he wants. So if yeah. it worked, it's worked before. It will probably work again. So we've, it's a long-term project. Let's not be going clop out just yet. This is only his first full season. You might not like it, but Dortmund came fifth and fifth in his first two seasons. It wasn't yeah. great for them. It's going to take time, but they won the league twice. 
just 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 keep your keep your strong opinions like that to yourself because um it's going to be very unwelcome yeah when they get retweeted three years down the line and you look all right mug going going back to arsenal on that on that subject of of managers and giving them time and stuff even if they do call time on on wingers reign there it it seems like the managers that they they're looking at or or rumored you know to be have interest or you know whatever the press wants to say all are kind of project managers you uh eddie howe is a name that's thrown around loads um and he's very unproven. Uh, I live in Bournemouth. I get to see him, you know, every week. And I've I've spoken to him. He's come up to the university. Wonderful guy. Very very intelligent. And you know, he's 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 not somebody that like, if if Arsenal hired, you know, this summer, that Arsenal fans should be expecting. Oh, you know, I'm gonna expect titles immediately. And he, but at the same time, he's he's so smart with his football that. It, it, I would I would say that it would look very very similar to to what Klopp is is experiencing right now with Liverpool, where players that normally wouldn't necessarily perform are doing a lot better, and you know some of the more senior players are are you know doing just as well. Uh, so I feel like that would be kind of they'd be in the same position as far as whoever they hire is gonna yeah. it gonna be a long term project regardless. It, yeah. If you've somehow made through this uh, this way, listeners, we we all applaud you. <laughs> fair play to you. Uh, okay, we'll I imagine the six. editing is going to be quite. Oh my uh, god! I'm going to die. I'm going to be tucked up in bed. Nice, nice <laughs> Can't wait to be free in the morning. Go. Oh, done. There you go. Right. Should we move on to the will, uh, questions quick, and then questions? Yeah, let's yeah. get the questions yeah. out of the way. So, first question comes from. <clears throat> I don't know, John Lester's glove, no idea. <laughs> Who's worse, FSG or Kroenke? Uh, I mean, I've got an Arsenal fan who lives here and he goes on about Kroenke every day about how much he hates him. So I'm going to automatically go Kroenke here. I mean, Oscar, what do you think? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I have a vague knowledge or interest in the Arsenal board level. I, I don't have particularly strong opinions on Kroenke or Gazidis or any of the executives, to be honest. I mean, I think. I mean, I think the main issue issue people have with Kroenke is that he doesn't. They they don't like his lack of ambition. They they don't think that he invests enough in the in the club. But I think Arsenal are meant to be a, a self sustaining club. They, the previous owners didn't invest money in things like the Emirates Stadium. And I, to, I don't. I mean, he doesn't interfere with the club. I I don't have a major issue with him, but. Jules, I, I don't really even know what your what what Liverpool fans' issues with FSG are. To be honest, the whole FSG claims I think is pure stupidity. I I think they've clearly spent the money. We've we've had a loss, which means you know again they're clearly spending money. They they've done Anfield, you know, they they're doing that massive training centre. I, I think with FSG they made a big mistake when they first, they took over. And, we saw the UL exchanges. They didn't really have anything. They didn't really know anything about football. You know, that's fair enough. Obviously, mm. they've come in. They hired the wrong people when yeah. they first took over. They can't put the club in the hands of a 39-year-old manager who's just kept Swansea in the Premier League. Obviously, they wanted your Klopp in 2012. They knew yep. who they wanted. They just couldn't get them and panicked and settled for an inexperienced option. Yep. And I just think 
the, the problems they're, they're experiencing with the fans now is because they made a mistake when they first took over and they're paying the price for it really because they they've kind of went into a big Premier League thing their first season in the Premier League fully thinking with Dalgleish you know it was solid it wasn't great two cup finals this is a man who hadn't really been managing in the past 15 years obviously so it might be a little bit out of touch of the game mm. came back with Brendan Rodgers after they wanted club and it was just Rogers. There was power struggles everywhere. They wanted this continental system. Rogers wanted to be the the focal point in terms of recruitment. Both disagreed. In the end, they were signing players to help. I think didn't didn't um, Rogers okay the Firmino deal as long as he could get Benteke. It was that sort of thing was happening at Liverpool. And it, it was mm. locking horns. You know, it was just the war, the worst. The worst thing for him. If we'd have got Klopp yeah. in 2012, we'd have won the Premier League by now. Oh, for sure. I think. And I FSG would be lauded as heroes. Mm. In 10 years' time, five years' time, they will be the heroes that they should have been five years ago. Yeah. And they're paying the price for getting it wrong first time around. But I can accept that because yeah. I know they've got the pedigree because they, they turned the Red Sox around in America. I know mm. it's baseball, but they knew about that. They knew about baseball and they proved that because they changed it. They're now going in. I think they've also made a mistake hiring. Mike Edwards is director of football or sporting director, however you want to call it, because I think we needed a stronger hand, stronger person running that side of the show. But I do think they've made an excellent appointment in the new CEO. So I think going into the future, there's a structure in place now yeah. that everyone's on board with. And yeah. they've got the man they wanted. They've got a footballing man running the team mm. who knows how to run a football club and help the football club do it. So I think going forwards from the summer onwards, we will see the true FSG at Liverpool with a system everybody wants people in place who know the club you know i'm quite glad he is going it's almost like you're shifting out the past and there's a new start yeah let's get behind them yeah no, you know let's, sure. let's stop sure. all let's stop all this crap on twitter about them going because they're not going yeah they don't no. want to go yeah you can have your opinions do what you want them to go but now they're not they've said they're not so park your personal opinions to yeah. one side and get behind Liverpool as a club, yeah. and then if you and get a lot the, of those opinions notice, are baseless. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm I'm struggling so hard. I know, I know. Everyone gets behind the club and thinks in one way. This is how everyone imagined it when Klopp was coming. Everyone was saying, "Oh, he's going to unify the fans," and he oh. did for eight months. First sign of struggles, and that's it. Everyone's turning on each other again. Yeah. Stop looking for someone to blame, mm. and just believe that. The change will happen. It might not look like it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Next season, I think we'll be consistently winning games. I think we'll lose a maximum of seven in the season. I also think next season we'll concede a lot less. We'll probably, I think, we might score a little bit less. I think we might sacrifice a little bit of our goal scoring threat to become a little bit more solid. I think if we, if we, if you, you I think it, Dave, it's Dave Hendrick, isn't it, on, on Twitter? Who's yeah. He, he always says, I agree with him, if you get a goal difference of around plus 35, you'll always qualify for the Champions League. Hmm. So even if you could see 20, it, it, only if you score 25, but you could see 20, it's going to be great. You know, I mean, Jose Mourinho, when he first joined, 15 goals he conceded in his first season, but scored 70 odds. We were already on. It was an Arsenal. And everyone in the top four was already around 55 with 12 games left. You know, Defend, attacking isn't the only way of win, win matches with the attack but you win leagues with your defence and right. I think we need to that's that's 
I think we all know which way we're going to go. Yeah. And yeah. we just need to just believe that it's going to happen. So I'm personally really positive about it. Other people aren't. I think next season we're going to see a Liverpool that you'll be proud to watch every week. Passionate right. monologue for you all to, to, you know, listen to in the morning or when you're listening to it, or is it night time now? On your commutes to work or on your bus journeys to school, you're going <laughs> to your day going, yes, Liverpool are going to be great again. I'm like your Donald Trump. So good luck with that one. Yeah. Quick um, fire question from Sam. Um, first up, it'll be Oscar, Rex, then Josh. Xhaka, would you swap Xhaka for Genie? No. Rex? Nah. Josh? See, that's, hang on, that's, that's a no for both teams. So yeah, I know. Genie and then, yeah, yeah. So, um, mm, no. But I'd like Shaka in our team. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I really like him. Don't give can me I just say I think I think he would be absolutely great for you. I think there are different players. Yeah. Oh, I, Rob, think I, I think I, I, I think he would be better than Henderson. Does the yes, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. He's that. Ba- he's the he's the bastard we need. Sorry for swearing. Oh. He's not allowed. No, but, um, I think I think there's actually been. I think people have gone overboard with some of his struggles this season. I think. He's, I mean, he's had he's had two red cards, which people have gone on about a lot. The first one was absolutely never a red card. The second one yeah. probably was, but I mean, I think someone else could have got away with it. I think yeah, well, to well, he's suffering from his reputation. Liverpool fans spent years praising Mascherano for getting sent off. So I don't think I don't, I don't yeah, think we well, Arsenal fans themselves. We, we wouldn't have problem with having Shaka Arsenal off, fans yeah. themselves. They always glorify Vieira's red cards in the past, and now when someone else does similar, they're liability that can't that can't be played and I, I think a lot more fun in hindsight and we need a player like that in our team so yeah, I, I think I mean, you look at the number of passes that Henderson is making I think with with the way that you counter press and you get the ball and you keep the ball especially in those in those smaller games against the likes of Burnley when you have 70-80% possession mm. having someone like Xhaka at the base I think that would that would honestly benefit you so much yeah. agreed so much for being quick fire eh Max <laughs> <laughs> what would you do I wouldn't swap, but I'd love Jacka, but I wouldn't swap him for Genie. Agree. So that, that's that's also, four, also four people here would want Jacka in the team. I'm not. <laughs> All right, next question. Lie, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of, of Genie, to be honest. Uh, I, I think he's he is the most underrated player in our team. Yeah. My own fans. What, what, what yeah. does he do? He's what's the engine. His, what's he so good at? He he, he doesn't he, stop going. He's he's, he's got, very. On his day, he's got fantastic bike. Like Henson and Chan, not not Audi. But they not all the engines. The thing is, he creates he's, chances. He creates chances. Not only does he create chances, he also di- disrupts early play when we lose the ball. I think so that's one thing that he's our Kante, really just radar. just a bit worse. Yeah, I mean, and better keeper the ball. Yeah, I mean that that's like his pass from Mane's goal against Tottenham. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> right. Last question. Next I'm, question. Yeah. Last one. Thoughts that Klopp's pressing game can't be sustained over a whole season, even without Europe, means we will never succeed. Nah, I don't agree with that. I don't I think agree with pressing... that because I feel like we need depth. It takes a big assumption. I think his pressing game has got a little bit weaker over time. I think he realised at Dortmund that it was unsustainable, the way he used to do it. Now it's very, very heavily on the counter-press. And it's why Dortmund reached the Champions League final with an average possession of 34%. Yeah, and you look at Liverpool now, and we're often 60 plus. So he's changed his style of play to keep the ball when we've got it a bit more, but still be aggressive when we lose it. So I think 
because we don't we're not the biggest the, not we don't press as much as Dortmund's the Klopp, Dortmund used to do. I think it's it's perfectly sustainable over time. I should have wow. went on my uh, FSG rant in then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you know what? We could probably do another hour twenty minutes on FSG itself. Which is, oh, it's even worse. Have, have, I mean, have like a separate podcast. We're, we're gonna have another hour twenty minutes here when I'd sum it up very very easily. I mean, if you don't know what you're on about when it comes to sports business don't have an opinion because at the end of, I think, I think Oscar said it best earlier about not really giving a shit about yeah, like, I don't the, care. the guys at the top, because at the, I feel like for the regular run of the mill fans, you shouldn't, you really, really shouldn't. And when everyone absolutely, all, all these FSG people lost their minds because we recorded a loss yet. Yeah, it was like, Oh, but you know, look at us making all this money. It was like, we recorded a loss in May because we sacked Rogers and his entire staff that just had brand new contracts. Uh, we also paid for a lot of players. We are also paying off. A, we're like one of the biggest clubs that pay, uh, agents fees, uh, in the league. I mean, our, our fees in May are obviously going to be in the red. So it if just they, makes fiscal sense. If financial fair play was still a massive thing, they probably wouldn't have sat Rogers. That's the, yeah. that's the worst thing. So I think they're, they're, they're thinking hell to it. Let's do, let's go for it. I think now they've got yeah. a clock. It's going to be, we're going to lose to the purse string slightly. And let's, let's bloody win this Premier League or at the, at Premier the end of Division the day, title thing. The Yanks. Sorry. I, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, you know what you're talking about. I, I don't. I just feel like at the end of the day, you you were spot on. They they were victims of their early, you know, their their earlier mistakes. They they listened to all of the wrong people. Uh, they should have just brought Rafa back, in my opinion, instead yeah. of listening to all of the Dalglish chants. In in my honest opinion, I mean, bringing back Kenny as a band aid was was great as a, as a temporary fix. He shouldn't That's a have plaster been. to your UK listeners. Yeah, Band-Aid is a yeah, plaster. A, a, a plaster. Uh, he, but it shouldn't have been, you know, giving him a contract and stuff. It should have been temporary. I feel like Rafa was still the best man for the job at the time, given, like you said, like collapse, you know, not being available. They should have just brought Rafa straight back. And I, I just, I feel like everything else they, in, in from a business someone who's who's doing a master's degree in sports business what they've done within a decade of a club that was on the brink of liquidation is is unreal it's like god tier level of difficulty and they've pulled it off with ease and and not only that we're we're a club that's almost self-sufficient within within a decade of of almost being on the brink of you know liquidation and that's that's incredible we could be you know in Portsmouth's position or, or Rangers position at the moment where we're having a, you know, claw back up from the non-league, you know, just because our, our club went defunct. So it, it's, it, they, I don't know. Like you said, they're, they're a victim of, of their early mistakes and uh, now they're really paying for it. But for, for owners that on average spend 75 million per season in, in transfer fees that have also upgraded our stadium, they're, they're, you know, doing a new academy. Uh, we have a brand new CEO who's outrageously good at his job. I might add. Uh, I just and and we've gotten Klopp, and and Klopp is is now re- rebuilding the the staff that he has at Liverpool. I I just I don't see how anything could be perceived negative from what FFG have done, especially in this past year. Bright times. Ahead. Okay, that that sums up perfectly. Rex is buzzing that he got that through. 
that should be the opinion of 99% of fans. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not. Yeah. For those listeners who are still here, we credit you again. Fair play to you. I, I, I went to 20 minutes ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, big thank you to Oscar for coming in. Short notice as well. Oh. I really appreciate it. No worries. Done a really good job. From all of us, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next week, hopefully. Bye. <laughs> I always don't know what to say at the end. Next at, least you, at least you haven't got full on, you know, red. Finished off in Never Walk Alone. I think that would have been the cringiest thing you could have done. So. Oh, oh, like, didn't, didn't you know? We're, we're now all going to sing. You never, including you, Oscar. We're now all going to sing. Oh, you never walk alone. <laughs> 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 Just got.